0: what's going on everybody this is justin coming to you live from a very gloomy rainy san diego most likely because the city knows i'm hurting that's right twisted my ankle it's not good i think we uh, talked about it last week but that's all right it doesn't matter because it's the best time of the year to be injured i just sat my ass down on the couch watched nonstop college basketball for the last four days it was incredible uh, but we've got a packed show for you guys. We're recapping Gonzaga's great run so far, um, in March madness and everything else, basketball, but, uh, I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, super special guest, Zane and Jake, how we doing page Zags are in the sweet 16.
1: Again, you think I'd grow tired of it, but I never do. I'm feeling great. This fun Monday. We're so excited to talk with everybody and talk Zags that we came a day early. So let's get into it, fellas.
2: What's going on, gentlemen? Super special guest host, Zane, coming to you live from God's country, Spokane, Washington, on this beautiful first day of spring. The Zags are running train in the tournament, and Zane is running the streets of Spokane in preparation for Bloomsday. It is the toughest time of year for me. But like the Zags, I will press on. Can't wait to break down what was an absolutely electric first weekend of this year's tournament. Um, Great Zag news, great news elsewhere in the brackets. Uh, Let's get to it, fellas.
0: Absolutely. Great intro, boys. And we've got a two-thirds intern crew tonight. Koopy's probably busy making some more tiki masala, but uh, we've got Zambi and Dan on. Fellas, how are we doing?
3: Hey, thank you, Paige. Uh, Zambi here, coming to you also from God's Country, just a few degrees south from Z. Um, Yeah, hell of a weekend, St. Paddy's Day, March Madness. uh, Tons of fun here up in the SPO. Um, Tons to talk about and ready to to talk about it.
4: And what is up, everybody? Intern Dan, coming to you live from uh, Kirkland. We are tired today. We feel a little beat up from the weekend. Um, But a hell of a win last night, and it's pretty ridiculous that since our sophomore year in college, we have been to at least the Sweet 16. Feels great to be alive. We're peaking at the right time, and boy, oh boy, do we have a doozy on the schedule for Thursday.
0: Absolutely. You're right there, but good to be with you all, and not to one-up you guys or anything like that, since you all are a year older than me, but... Since I've been a Gonzaga fan, I've only known sweetness <laughs> on the Sweet 16, baby. Not that it's a competition or anything, but it's all I know is wow. greatness. That's, what that, that's why I hold this team to a
2: high standard. All I know is greatness. I have a oh. question regarding this weekend. Did it feel like for some of you it was like the perfect storm of alcohol consumption in the sense of <clears throat> we had a Gonzaga game on Friday? It's just a Friday, general, you know, party day. Uh, first weekend of the tournament, St. Patrick's day also happened to be my wife's birthday. I felt, I felt like it was a little bit of a marathon for the past three days. Um, anyone else, anyone else feeling the same way with the perfect storm?
1: Exact same on, uh, on the Friday game day, uh, I was at a rehearsal dinner. So free beers, free drinks, watching the sad game. Shout out my cousin, Joey, the venue had this true TV up playing the zag games he's not even a zag fan he just requested it but wow. yeah i did not drink much at the wedding the next day because i was feeling st patty's day and that zag first round win
0: yeah i was a i was a good boy on friday i was driving my buddy to the airport late like yeah he, he caught a red eye. um so i sent it all on saturday i left it all in the field uh it was my follow-up st patty's day um I knew the Zags had GCU in the bag. That was no problem. So I wasn't too worried about that. But um, I definitely left it all on the field on Saturday. It was hurting. And I mean hurting for the game on Sunday. So it was a good storm, though.
2: I think my favorite part of this weekend was when Paige and I woke up on Sunday morning and reviewed (laughs) the group chat from the night before. And I won't say what was spoken in the group chat, but... I'll leave it at this. We both just apologize. We apologize to each other and, and admitted our wrongdoings and went our own ways.
0: Dude, I, well, the funny thing was, was it was like, we kept just taking each other's text the wrong way. Cause like I read through, <laughs> I was like, what were we even talking about? This made no sense. And I woke up the next story and just started cracking up. I was like, oh my, God. someone should have taken away our phones a long time ago. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that was good stuff. That was funny.
3: But yeah, uh, go
0: uh, for it, Sammy.
3: Sorry. I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, Friday got out of training. First phone call, booked my first meeting. So I was pretty amped. So uh, Friday just sent it. But uh, wasn't St. Patrick's Day on Friday, not Saturday? It was. Mm -hmm. okay. just had to get that out of the way. But yeah, I was feeling fine for uh, the game last night. Just a little, a little stressful and uh, lots of no lie. Perfect. All right.
0: Well, fellas, let's get into it. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Got a lot to cover today. A lot went down this weekend. Um, obviously, first and foremost, Zags make the Sweet 16 for the eighth year in a row. Uh, they did so by beating, obviously, Grand Canyon University, but then Texas Christian University, which was, I think, a little bit more close of a game than what we would have all liked. But, uh, you know, the we knew the Horned Frogs were going to pack a punch. Uh, they played in that Big 12 conference. It's a lot of tough basketball there. Fellas, let's jump into it. Gonzaga beats TCU, 84-81. Timmy, obviously leading the way, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Wheels up and down, back and forth. Jake, lead us off here. Gut reaction from this game.
1: Oh, I mean, gut reaction, like, I think Mark Fuse said it best in the post-game interview. Like, Drew Timmy is literally – one of the best college basketball players of at least the modern era, if not all time, like we, he was getting no help in the first half Our like our group chat immediately. Honestly, I was surprised our group chat didn't get more negative Um, in the first half because we couldn't make a three. We couldn't make a free throw and drew Timmy just said, fuck it. I'm going to score all the baskets and keep us in this game. And then he came out and had an even stronger second half. I helped the Zags push ahead, um, twenty-eight point performance. This, what is still what is like third highest scoring game in the tourney. Like, it's just unbelievable, and uh, we're gonna miss him so much when he's gone next year.
2: Yeah my uh my gut reaction was really just a, a tip of the cap. You know, obviously Drew Timmy phenomenal game, but my my MVP here was Rasir Bolton in this game, and that's just the. The cojones on that guy to respond in the second half the way he did uh, after having, you know, what what I think he would even describe as a piss poor first half uh, was massive for us. Um, with, With regard to the group chat, Jake is right. I think, you know, although our group chat can be negative at times, we know when it comes to the tournament, we're all positive vibes only. If we see something we don't like, we'll point it out but generally we're a little more uh, level-headed and just, we just all want to win when it comes to the tournament. So first half wasn't great. Second half was monstrous. Our ability to pull out a win against a team like TCU when we're not at our best really speaks volumes to to this team's potential moving forward in this tournament, I think. Um, But for now, just tip of the cap to the lads to, to, to what I would describe as a three-headed monster of this game, Julian, Drew, and Rasier, those guys got it done with a little bit of a backup punch from Malachi Smith. Absolutely Ooh. big cojones from this team.
0: Yep, I agree 100%. I will say <laughs> it's uh, there is one member not on the, on the uh, current Zoom who's a little bit more negative than the others. <laughs> we won't name any names, but he knows who he is. So this is definitely the positive group here. And I think it's just more of a testament, and we can hop into the next part here. But I feel like I'm not as stressed with this team because they've constantly been in close games. It's like I feel like they're just going to gut it out. We've seen them do it time and time again. It's a weird weird place to be because we're used to just dominating. But it's almost like it might be a little bit stickier in March. I mean, we'll see how this team plays out, but – I kind of like it. I like being the gritty underdog. What do you guys think?
3: I mean, I think that uh, the Zags take a little bit of pride in that because, I mean, even Kimmy's interview last night, he's saying that the players, they're seeing what's being said online about them. And I'm going to screw up the exact quote, but, like, don't throw lighter fluid into the flames. Like, I think the Zags have – let's – a chip on their shoulder and they're a little bit more gritty because we've definitely gritted out some wins this year. And so I think that kind of came to the national spotlight, like, um, comes out, can't play people, but yeah, no, I liked it. I still amped when I woke up today.
4: Absolutely. I think, um,
3: you guys are you know, hit,
4: hitting
3: the nail on the head everywhere,
4: but, uh, you know, really all this time of year is about is survive in advance. We found a way to do that when we could not, throw a rock in the freaking ocean in the first half. Um, and just there was this, this belief, I think, from this team, from these players, that they were going to find a way to get it done. And I think it started with uh, Rasheer knocking down 1-3, just changes the whole the whole vibe. Timmy was confident going to him. And then there was just no way that Drew Timmy was going to let a school from Texas end his college career, especially – the way that they were talking about him, saying that his footwork's nothing special. They've seen plenty of other stuff. Gonzaga can't deal with the Big 12 defense. Gonzaga absolutely handled the Big 12 defense. We played better defense than than TCU did, which I was very impressed by. Um, Mike Miles Jr. was scary, very scary when he hit that one three, and then he was doing all kinds of talking and pointing, and then guess what? We didn't hear from that dude again for the rest of the game. Dialed into the game plan, took him out of it, um, and just they were not going to be denied, man. There's a reason that Mark Few has been able to go to eight straight. Obviously, it's his players, but there's something just about the game planning and just being able to get it done and dig down deep when you need it. And when you got a guy like Drew Timmy, he's just not going to let him lose. So it was, um, it was, it was absolutely awesome to see. And we get to get Julian back home to Vegas, baby. Yeah.
1: I have a question for the group. Um, I was kind of thinking this, and I think it was touched on where we were all talking about how this team can gut out a hard win. Um, I think definitely last year's team better talent wise. With that, I mean, you can't argue you have Chet and Nemhard, you lose, and then most of the same players. Um, but if you put these two, like last year's team and this year's team, in like a close game, three minutes left, I think I'm taking this year's team because. I, I don't know if it's like the, like, you know, you got to like, like forge it to make it stronger. Like, because we had so many of this like blowout wins last year. We didn't have very many blowout wins this year, honestly, except against teams we we're supposed to blow out. Like you guys agree with that or am I overreacting?
2: Oh, I, I 100% agree with that. I think, I mean, just look at, if there's, if you put two minutes on the clock, and these teams are tied i'm taking it'd be tough to not take last year's team given the talent but the way this year's team has shown they can win close games and battle it out i I don't remember seeing that last year aside from you know the memphis game and like a handful of oddly close wcc games um i could be wrong just not remembering them but recency bias tells me you know this team is really proven this year that they can win these close games um I mean they've only most of our losses have been like kind of blowouts right there's only been two that were close LMU and St. Mary's right the other ones were pretty much blowouts and And LMU
1: was a blowout we just managed to like scrap and we're just so much more talented than them yeah they weren't going to blow us out but most of the game it was a blowout because we played like dog shit.
2: Yeah, and so I, I don't know. I, this team has just shown me so much that I don't know. They just, they seem, they seem like that little engine that could. I don't know why. There's like you got Drew Timmy and and Cast and just anyone can show up to make the game-winning play. Whether it's a Timmy, you know, twirly twirly layup, whether it's a Rasir Bolton like Tippin. Or an Anton Watson like block, just anything can happen with this entire cast.
4: I think we uh, before we 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 forget about it. We gotta bring <laughs> up the uh, Drew Drew three ball last night. Oh God! I don't oh. know about you guys, but as that shot clock's going down and he starts dribbling, I'm I am yelling at the TV. No, no, no! Don't do <laughs> it! Don't do it! And then, oh my God, he did it! Like that was that was an electric timmy moment and it was identical to what he did against memphis
2: you know Most- I, I don't know i don't know if you know hindsight's 2020 here but for some reason i had a slight good feeling about that three and it's only because i remember watching him last summer during the nba whatever little scrimmages they do and the dude was like nailing threes and fadeaway jumpers in that scrimmage and so you know he has the ability to just for god knows why it does not translate at the college level um i didn't think it was funny that you know they, they talked about it in the post-game press conference and mark view like slightly jokingly said i did not allow him to take that shot but that's what makes him great is that he does some of those things even when he's not supposed to
1: <laughs> when you look at the highlight though it's it was a nicer. it was like between the leg dribble a little bit of a step back like and the defender, I loved how he just sagged off. There wasn't even a pump fake. He was just like, "You're not shooting this." And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't. Well, be something mad to be at the said defender. about it.
2: Something to be said about it being like in rhythm with that little like step back. Maybe that's. I mean, half the time he's looking around, hesitates three times, pump fakes, and then shoots it. So maybe just being in flow is is what it is for him. Yeah, I feel
0: like that's that's more of what it is. Is just he's like, just in rhythm. When you're in that mode, like, I mean, he was hitting everything, so that was really special to see for sure. I want to highlight another player. We've we've given Timmy his roses. <coughs> One guy that I, dude, I'm just his biggest fan right now, Malachi Smith. Big, I mean, he was super efficient, pure shot, was a calming presence. I think that's something that, I don't know if it was missing from last year, but I think it's it's a it's an element that championship teams have our, our veteran guards that come off the bench and nothing changes. And I think that's an advantage that this Gonzaga team has is when the subs come in, there isn't a drop off. You're not there's no real weakness. Maybe when Timmy's out, you know, there is a bit larger of a hole on offense just because he's Drew Timmy. However, dude, this guy, I, I want him to take more shots. I mean, his shots pure, he's got a good release, it's smooth. I feel like it always goes in. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just like, that's in money. That's in money. But Malachi had a great, great game uh, this week as well. Uh, any other players you guys want to give a quick little shout-out to?
3: Um, Well, kind of bouncing off you, Page. there. Um, I feel like Malachi, he's just one of our larger guards. I felt he needed to play most of that game because I feel like – Guard-wise, you're kind of undersized, and so getting him out there, then he obviously has a three-point in his arsenal. But um, I feel like I say it every week, but uh, Anton, cool, collected. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he had, like, a little smirk after, like, a tiki tack call and just kind of, like, walked <laughs> away. That's like, oh, is getting in the zone. But, yeah, shout-out, pups. Go, Anton.
1: I loved his redemption dunk after his total blown dunk. One of the best passes I think Bolton has ever thrown is like that full court dart. It was Suggs-like, like Like between kind of two defenders, this right in the hands. And I don't know if he just jumped early or just didn't get a good starting jump, but this rejected by the rim. And I was, I was worried there that was going to lead to like a TCU runaway. Like, you know, you lose that momentum, TCU gets a bucket. Um, I don't know if that was at. I think that was right before the Timmy three, right? Am I am I mistaken there, fellas?
2: I think it was after. If in my brain, I feel like it's after.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, but Could then wrong, I think though. the next play, we got a defensive stop, and then Watson got a breakout again and just threw it <laughs> down. Like, God, he's just so fun to watch when he's confident. I think, yeah. I think will uh, go. I'll period. go with
2: another guy, the third guy here who had the third-highest, what is this, the plus-minus stat. Hunter Salas off the bench, had the third-highest plus-minus for the Zags. Um, Absolutely locked down defense uh, towards the end of that game. You you could tell, I think Few was bringing him off the bench basically every time there was an offensive foul, and he was just either on Mike Miles Jr. or – switching onto him or, or just exchanging with other players on the defensive side. But he had a couple of like pretty big layups in the first half off offensive rebounds that kind of kept us in that game. Uh, when, when things could have kind of got ugly for us early. Um, so shout out, shout out Hunter Salas. I felt like maybe it was just me, but it felt like when it was crunch time at the end of the game, they showed him coming off the bench And it seemed to me like there was a little roar from the crowd as if, oh, we're finally bringing in the defensive specialist to shut down the other team's go to guy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just in my own head, but felt like I heard that.
1: If we could. uh... Oh, sorry. We were all waiting for each other.
4: (laughs) No, we're good. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, Salas was awesome in that game, Um, taking that challenge against. A monster like Mike Miles, we saw what Mike Miles Jr. was doing. To Nolan Hickman, Nolan was getting was getting beat up and bloodied. He took that elbow to the head. That was, that, that was a rough outing for uh, for our uh, point guard there. But uh, Salas Salas was huge, and really the bench altogether. I mean, we made we had 18 bench points in that game, um, which you know I, is is huge for us going forward. And and I thought the bench was pretty quiet. Um, the first game against GCU was very much you know. Julian dominated and Anton and things like that, but um, having that that bench performance and even going back to like Malachi, like Malachi in that game, you know, last night we had that horrendous, horrendous start. No one could shoot. Malachi steps in, boom, right away, hits a three, and it's like, all right, we're good. And that like steadying presence, like you guys were saying, is is uh, it is massive. I mean, that was uh, that was that was a, a hell of a game and seeing all all eight guys really contribute. Ben Greg even played well, I think. I don't really remember anything that he did except for maybe miss a free throw or two. They but. were
1: definitely attacking him when he was guarding the paint. I was like, "Oh
2: God, no!" Did he have a block? Did, yeah. did he did had he a block. Muscle rebounds. Hey, he had critical minutes when Drew Timmy kind of gotten a little bit of foul trouble towards the mm. end of the first half. You had confidence to put in Ben Greg, and he held his own. And with him in there, we were able to tighten that thing towards the end of the first half. So that that was his contribution in my in my in my brain. He had three blocks. Oh. Yeah.
1: I totally forgot about this. Um Big
0: big vanilla Gorilla fans.
1: Like going off page uh, where you're saying Malachi, you always expect him to make it. He's the number one. He has the best shooting, three point shooting percentage in the nation right now. Doesn't shock me. Is he it 100%? Has, anyone want to guess his shooting, his <laughs> three point percentage?
0: Is it, is God, it like fifty-three? It's like fifty-three percent, right? Fifty-one percent. Oh
1: my
3: oof, gosh! He has five he less threes than more, Bulletin,
1: bro. Uh, forty less attempts. It's, oh my gosh, dude! That's just crazy. Like, I, and Bolden's shooting it very well. He's shooting thirty-nine percent.
0: Dude, he needs to shoot more. He needs like four or five attempts a game.
2: One of Cooper's favorite things to bring up is that, you know, we need veteran guard presence on this team. Like, <laughs> am I the only one who thinks that we have that with Bolton and Malachi? And, you know, probably more of a forward than a guard, but Strother, too. Like, I feel like we do have veteran guards on this team.
1: Yeah, like our youngest guard is a sophomore, Is and solid. <laughs> we played no uh,
0: freshmen. I think, I, I think. I understand where he's coming from where it's i don't know if he's comparing to the past but like those guys aren't as imp- i mean straw obviously incredible maybe they're not as impactful as some of the other you know grad transfers or later transfers we've had maybe that's what he's talking about world but they are older you know and that does describe a veteran
2: for sure <laughs> well what i love about our guards is i think tcu tried pressing us like for the first time with four minutes to go. And we immediately broke the press and it ended in an Anton Watson dunk. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I remember in the past Lord save me when Josh Perkins was like younger <laughs> and they would press him, it was like a guaranteed turnover every single time. That is not the case with this team. I, I like, if you press us, you're fucked. We're gonna, we're gonna break your press and we're gonna score in five seconds.
1: Yeah, literally everyone can pass the ball and dribble decently on this team
0: yeah that is a big plus I think it's uh, I was talking to my dad just comparing Gonzaga to Arizona and Arizona's difference is they start two centers we're not going to name them because some people on this podcast still have love for one of those centers he
1: still got a double double
0: it was Kirk Chris's fault let I don't want to hear right from you, now. Jake. I don't want to hear from oh, you. They lost he Princeton.
2: absolutely dropped and fell to the floor in that game towards the end, and it was embarrassing. <laughs> That's because Chris
1: is, like, wide open. He's like, I better throw it into triple coverage. Like, Anywho. at his ankles. I'm not getting any
0: this right now.
2: Elephant hands uh, trying to catch wouldn't. the ball.
0: <laughs> 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 Anywho, the thing is, is every player that Gonzaga played, minus probably Ben Gregan, just to your point, Jake, they can all handle the rock. You know, I mean, obviously not in a – all in varying capacities but you know if drew has the ball or anton has the ball whatever it might be it gives you a lot of versatility to break those presses and things like and be flexible when a team tries to throw a wrench at you or a curveball at you and arizona did not have that i think we found out they do not have that um
2: <laughs> i got a, i got a question for the pod real quick Who would you guess, had because we talked about our our defensive performance against TCU, who would you guess had the highest defensive rating last night?
3: Anton. Mm. I'm going to say Strother.
2: I'm
1: going to say Rasir, weirdly. I don't know why.
4: I feel like you're you're trying to
2: trick us here. Uh, Drew Timmy. Nolan Hickman. What? (laughs) Had the highest defensive rating last night. Wow. Yeah, he has I feel concussed. Yeah, you got yeah, some CPE going on I feel like Mike Miles Jr. was making some You know, crazy shots But for the most part I was pretty happy with the way we guarded him Um, I felt like, you know I don't know I don't know if it's more credit to the uh, Rotational defense that we had going last night Which which I really like Unless it completely breaks down and leads to a wide open layup <laughs> Um, But I feel like Timmy is like slowly getting better at this uh, pick and roll defense with his hedging. It it was like a major problem early on, but I kind of like it right now because if they feed that guy, Anton Watson's down low waiting for him, kick it out for a three. And we're starting to get better at that, at that rotation.
4: Yeah, we are. We're doing a good job too of just cutting off the corner, like not letting the, the ball carrier turn the corner and, you know, get that, get that easy penetration. And also speaking of Timmy's defense, how about that blocky out of Mike Miles, that was electric. That was
3: oh. Sick. <laughs> <That's so sick. laughs>
0: yeah, no, that was all good stuff. I think, and we'll probably touch on this a little bit later. But I think we had the the benefit of knowing the main guy that was going to hurt us this game against TCU was Mike Miles. So sending a hard hedge on him is going to be was a lot easier than what we're going to face in UCLA, unfortunately, because. UCLA's got guys all around and they're probably gonna have Haquez or Bona setting those screens. Maybe even Singleton. I don't know. But um gonna be a, a tougher task on defense for sure. But uh guys, any uh any closing thoughts on, on TCU and, and this matchup?
2: I mean Well we... I don't think we we gotta talk about the last play of the game,
0: right? Oh boy, Jake, do you wanna take the mic? <laughs> the
2: fucking
1: parlay buster, the What I think everyone on this pod had a little cheddar on the spread, which was at four and a half. Uh, Salas goes the line. We're up 4.7 seconds left. I'm like, you just need to make one. Shout out Salas. He was a championship. Silky smooth. Two for two. Six points. I'm like, that's it. It's safe. It'll just be passed in. Game over. TCU proceeds to roll the ball all the way. It got past half court, I believe. And totally understand it. You're trying to win the game. You're not trying to foul. No one approaches the ball. <laughs> it was the longest roll of my life. And then I'm like, well, there's still no way they're going to make it. DCU guard grabs it, throws it up. Not a bank, just beautiful swish. And just the whole pod just... Oh, man. <laughs> that, was, that was a brutal end to a otherwise pretty good uh, gambling weekend.
2: It almost ruined... The game for me, if I'm being quite <laughs> honest with you. Like it, it, it almost ruined the enjoyment of what should have been just pure euphoria after the Zags, you know, keep the sweet 16 streak alive. One one like sour note about this is I don't and I don't know if you guys caught this, but TC was rolling the ball up like starting with 10 minutes to go in the second half. And Mike Miles Jr. kept getting frustrated with the inbounder for rolling it off to the side instead of down the court, because then he had to pick it up sooner than he otherwise would have had to. And that must have been the only fucking time they actually rolled it down the middle of the court so that he could possibly wait that long to get it. Do you guys know which player actually made that shot?
0: I yeah, feel the best was we ball.
2: don't know. <laughs> it was what do say, Dan? Ball. But everyone in
1: Texas owes that guy a stake who bet the TCU spread. Although I Ooh, bet all I the mean, TCU fans bet the money line. Because when your team is four and a half point dog, you roster. take the money line.
0: Oh, I see him. Damian Baugh.
2: Well, I hate that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty tough to watch. I was watching um, with some family, and I was just like, we we're going back and forth. I was like, oh, oh, we're I was telling my cousin about the spread. We were watching that at the end of the game because I felt like Gonzaga kind of had it in the bag there. And Salas hits those free throws, and I was just like, right, chill, six points, we're good, woo. Then he hits that fucking shot, dude. That was tough. That was tough. I didn't yeah. have as much skin in the game as a lot of you guys did. No, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like all of us were pretty even besides uh, our leader, our fearless leader, Jake. <laughs>
1: I was leveraged. Uh also strother played a good game except that was the laziest inbound pass i have ever seen that tough, pass that right tough. up the middle with two tcu guards around i i was like oh god are we gonna at that point spreads out of my mind i'm like we just need to finish this game yeah i want to have one of the worst march madness moments <laughs> in like recent memories
2: well it was terrifying too because if you looked at our team it looked like everyone was pissed at Julian for that. Like Nolan Hickman had his hands on his head like oh, this. Yeah. Anton Watson was basically like yelling at him. That had the potential to be like a, uh, like a Morrison inbound kind of play right there.
0: Cool.
1: Good uh-huh. thing we had a cushion. That's what cushions yeah. are for, right?
2: That was a terrible Good pass. thing we made our free throws down the stretch, baby. <laughs> Not in the first half, down no. the stretch.
0: Yeah, it was tough. Um, anywho, glad that we were able to get that dub um, spread aside. I think we have to bet on the next game, boys. What do we think? Keep it rolling? I'm retired. I'm 100% going
1: to bet on the next game. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, We can't.
0: We won. We have to keep doing it, guys. Yeah. You can't just take away mojo
2: like that. Well, you know what? I might be able to do it because – and I'm going to lead into another Ooh. segment here because I got a little bit of uh, toss around money these days thanks to uh, a miracle hit, Bed of the Year, the secret Bed of the Year by Jake Gilman. That was,
1: I I just felt, you know, when you feel God in the room reaching down and touching you, it's like that that picture on the uh, middle of the Sistine Chapel with, you know, God just <laughs> reaching to man. And that was that was God giving me that parlay on Thursday. What a way to open the March Madness tournament! Gave me so much false confidence in my pre- <laughs> like predicting ability, because I think Dan pointed out each of those four legs. I think hit by at least ten points. Like it was, and they were all staggered. None of them were at the same time. It was like nine a.m., noon, three o'clock, six o'clock. Just. And it ended with the last game of the night. And it was, I think it was TCU plus two and a half was the last one, ironically. And just beautiful. Just what a way to end.
2: I thought it was like Penn State or something. Like oh, it that.
1: was Penn State because TCU was too close. It was Penn State beating who oh, do yeah. they beat? Illinois?
2: A and M. Rolled AM.
1: Yeah. Just Started, you know, started the boys with a little cash in their pocket. Page did the crazy thing; he took all of his winnings, and <laughs> put it into a two like heavily favored, what it was UConn money line and uh, what was your other one? K State against baby
0: Wildcats. Yeah,
1: ooh, ooh, ooh. he <laughs> wow. It was like only a fifty percent payoff, but it hit. And I'm like respected, just rolling in, baby. <laughs> I
0: was confident. I was like, why What's... not? Why not fuck around? So, shout out Jake. I, you want to talk about going to battle behind someone, your fearless leader? I have no idea what the bets are, but we all were just <clears throat> faithfully following our Jakey. We'll talk about an incredible experience. I mean, every time he'd reveal a bet, I feel like we were all together just <clears throat> chanting, yeah! <laughs> one moment. Well, there one. was
2: <laughs> chaos at the end of the night when, like, there were only two more games left. Then there was only one game left. And you were like, well, 50-50 at this point, I guess, and it hit, and it was glorious. You didn't
1: know which side I bet either. This like Cooper's like, I bet he bet Iowa money line. That's <laughs>
4: <laughs> Cooper was like was privately texting me. It was like, oh, it it's got to be this bet, don't you think? I'm like, I don't know, man. I loved how
1: you guys thought I was leaving hints in the text. you <clears clears throat> <that> was <laughs> You're trying to Da Vinci code the answer
3: out. <laughs> that that was my favorite part. Not being a part of the parlay was just seeing all these texts, and it's like. Blind men with elephant tusks and <laughs> <all this. laughs>
2: roll tide like, What the hell? Yeah. Oh
1: man! Yeah, we won't mention the other two days where they just failed immediately, but no. we'll remember our beautiful Thursday. Well,
3: yeah, I think, and the Jake,
4: one can... day of the tournament I've ever had is like just just waiting for the next text to roll through. <laughs> yeah. and it's like we're watching a beatdown, and it's like next next leg check. We're like, let's fucking go! Oh god, it was fun
2: well jake can confirm i think i've placed a parlay at least one every single other day since then and they have ended on the first leg every <laughs> single one of them
1: oh yeah and somebody just oh the kentucky one was brutal
2: oh or, god right. talk like, about a another brutal under. backdoor cover <laughs> or backdoor yeah i guess they did the over under whatever it was yeah just
1: oh well we move on and we focus on the zags
2: yep
0: yep so we can, uh, we're, we're expecting a guest on, correct? So we can just cover this until uh, Will hops on, right? The GCU Uh, we game.
1: Will said he's 15 minutes out, so maybe we just keep going into the gone. Uh, we can either just really dive into GCU, uh, which we <laughs> should probably touch on, or we can just go into UCLA and then when Will Lin comes on, we can ask him about that Zag environment in Denver.
0: I'm kind of team UCLA. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I'm UCLA. GCU yeah. seems like such an afterthought after TCU. Yeah, let's just give no Strather
0: his flowers though. Twenty-eight
1: points. True. I said yep. ten assists. He definitely had ten rebounds, but um, in in the GCU game,
0: he was hooping. Oh, Baja, <laughs> Baja's getting some extracurriculars in. Uh, Looks like I, Straw was, Daddy. Was anyone
1: nervous at the start of the GCU game?
2: the start no The like after the first five minutes it was sort of like what is going on it you know credit to gcu the crowd at least on tv felt like it was very in favor of the lopes uh and i did not like that it felt like we were battling the world in that game and i was a little bit concerning i for some weird reason and maybe it's because I watched all the upsets from, you know, the entire weekend. Uh, for some reason, I was a little more nervous in the Grand Canyon game at halftime than I was the TCU game.
1: What? That is a little right. bit. As soon as we took the lead, I was fine. The middle of the first half, I was, like, I'm surrounded with people at this party. who No one's a Zag fan, and I know I can't just ruin the party because I'm so pissed if Gonzaga loses, but – I was, I was pretty frustrated.
0: I was chilling. I was. It was nice. I was in a big bar, and the Purdue game was on at the same time. So no one was paying attention to the Gonzaga game. So when I was sweating a little bit when it was close, I was like, "Oh, it's all right. Purdue's about to lose." So we (laughs) had that covered. And but by the time that game was over, we were up like ten. So I was like, "Oh, we're chilling. All good. No one saw that."
2: I think yeah, we're that up game twenty was... after the Purdue game ended, honestly, because I I remember I only had one TV, so I was just like, "Well, fuck, I I'm not going to miss a 16 seed beat a one seed," and so I I turned back and we were up twenty.
4: Yeah, that game was uh very is very much an afterthought, especially with that Purdue debacle going on. But, <laughs> um, I think from a start perspective, that was some of the most electric two minutes of basketball I've, I've ever seen, with. I think they had four turnovers and zero shot attempts, and we were up, up 8 nothing. It was just like, whoa, these guys are about to get blown out of this gym. But then, you know, March Madness happens, team team settles back in. But Julian, man, that was that was so cool to see for him, um, just because his, his tournament, you know, last year was very, very disappointing. So for him to get off the schneid early, get some confidence, and then some of that I think carried over yesterday when, when he was able to to finally get going a little bit in that, you know, second half.
3: I think uh, one thing with uh, GCU, I don't think the broadcast really mentioned anything. Isn't Liam Lloyd still on GCU or did he transfer to NAU?
1: He's on NAU now. Okay. That's why. He keeps hitting like buzzer beaters at NAU. Like I've seen like two highlights this year of, of Liam Lloyd just like either forcing overtime or uh, like setting his game. He's a, he's a clutch shooter, unlike other coaches' sons who
4: might be on <laughs> other teams.
2: Uh are we done with true TV moving forward?
4: Yes, true, yeah. true TV does not get any more games for the rest of the tournament.
0: Back to impractical jokers.
4: <laughs> yeah. But that was more important some
2: brutal broadcasting for yeah. our <laughs> more at least great Can- king.
4: We're, we're done with those broadcasters because yeah. I cannot stand Avery Johnson. Get Avery Johnson out of my house. Yeah. He's
2: he says like, like just incorrect things about our team. Okay. There there was one play. Where Nolan Hickman got a steal and made a layup in the very next possession, he said Hickman has yet to take a shot this game. I was like, What do we just did we just tune out for the last 30 seconds of the game?
4: Yeah, we have we have actually good announcers um on Thursday. Although we do have the deal with fucking Stan Van Gundy, who's very annoying in college basketball. But we do have Kevin Harlan, so that's oh great.
2: yes. Kevin that's Harlan had the call of the year already. Yep. The call <laughs> and
4: reaction
3: with that video. Was
1: yeah. that the Virginia Furman one? That was yeah, that true. was a like
3: fucking crazy game. Almost falls out of his seat. <laughs>
2: yeah. Stay, stay on track, boys. Stay on track.
4: That was a segue because Kevin Harlan's calling our game on Thursday.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. So let's jump into it, boys. Gonzaga, UCLA. Chapter three, technically, what is it? Chapter five. I think they played five times all time. But recent history, starting out with the bubble, the buzzer beater. We all know it. But let's not forget the beatdown of Vegas. The Zags, the Bruins, they're headed back to Vegas. they have headlining the same players, Watson, Timmy versus Haquez, freaking Tiger Campbell with all of his hair. Still there. Um, But round three. Feels like a uh, feels like the winner of this game can make a seriously deep run in my opinion. I feel like both these teams have a really good blend of depth, experience, explosive offense, good defense at times. Caveat with the Zags, um, but let's jump into it, guys. Let's review UCLA what they did this last weekend. Beat uh, UNC Asheville 86 to 53. Kind of a whoop uh, whooping there they only beat northwestern by five 68 to 63 maybe Northwestern's packing a punch maybe they're not um but fellas I mean what do we think first initial thoughts before we get into keys of the game so on and so forth
1: I mean I, I you gotta show UCLA the respect they deserve this year you know they've they've only lost what they lost five games the same amount we we did. Uh, no bad losses, which I would say is the main difference between us and UCLA this year where, you know, we had that LMU loss. And then I know it's not a bad loss, but people put St. Mary's at home there just because they don't respect the WCC. But, I mean, Illinois, Baylor, Arizona, USC and Arizona, again, that's a pretty good, pretty good record. They are led by Haquez, who Ken Palm has him as the second best player. Uh, for efficiency in the country, behind Zach Edey, who is no longer with us, Timmy's uh, <laughs> five. So I mean, just a lot of experience. Mick Cronin's a great coach. Like I'm, I'm pretty nervous for this game, but I do think the pressure's
0: on UCLA. I'd agree with that. I think, and I was gonna talk to you guys about this uh, earlier. I think a part of me, there was a part of me that got so frustrated with me, with this team, that almost a piece of me died in terms of Gonzaga basketball fandom. I don't know what it was, but at this point, I'm taking the approach. We're already dead, so why not go out swinging? I think that's how the boys are taking it. They're they're playing loose. They're like, why not us? Everyone's already counted us out. Time and time again, we heard the Zags were out. So I think they're playing. I think that's the mentality that they have, maybe not so I was a little bit more dramatic there, but just, you know, everyone's already counted them out, so why not make a run at this thing? You know what I mean? Um, I think they're playing with a little bit of that, but uh, I would say for sure the pressure's on UCLA because they know Gonzaga's beaten them twice now. They got to get one back. I don't know. I would want to be in their shoes. That's all I'm going to say.
2: Yeah, I, I brought it up um, before the show when we were just chatting briefly, but I'm a little bit I'm, – I'm nervous for this game. I feel like I've watched a lot of UCLA basketball this year for God knows what reason, probably just out of spite. I like to watch them lose, and that hasn't happened very often uh, this season. Um, I don't think you can ignore the emotional edge that probably goes to UCLA this game. It felt like the last time we played them uh, in the Final Four in Indy – it was all about getting revenge on them for the Morrison game. And maybe, maybe this is more about the fans than the actual players. It certainly was for, you know, Indy making up for Morrison or whatever it was. Um, But this time, I, I mean, you got three seniors on this UCLA team that suffered through that final four game and watched Jalen Suggs hit an absolute dagger as it felt like ucla was gaining momentum in that game and end their season in in the most heartbreaking fashion you could possibly have any season in any sport come to an end um so i would fully expect guys like tiger campbell jaime Hawkins, and david singleton to just be full go for this game and sometimes that's a good thing sometimes you know it could be a bad thing for them sometimes they could be pressing because of because of that pressure that they feel but, you know, credit to Mick Cronin. He, I think he's a really good coach. I, it kills me to say that now, but I think UCLA is going to be revved up for this game. Um, and I think, you know, the biggest key to me is matching that level of intensity. Maybe UCLA isn't the greatest offensive team. I think they're still like a top 30 Kempom team. They are objectively a great defensive team. Uh, and we're a great offensive team. So that's that's the... That's the battle that'll be fun here, um, but this is this is this is the one that we sort of built this tournament up to. This is what was it, it was always meant to be. A lot of us thought Gonzaga Arizona. It was always going to be Gonzaga UCLA for the West. Wow,
0: that was nice. That was nice. I'm Very fired well up said. now.
4: Very well said. I I think uh, like. I, I think UCLA has been impressive um, in the tournament thus far for sure. Uh, losing Jalen Clark is absolutely massive for them. It changes their team so much. I think if they had Jalen Clark, I would maybe feel a little bit differently about this game, but I think from a from a depth standpoint, like we have way more depth than they do. Uh, we have guys that are, you know, even more experienced than they do. They play at least three freshmen. Amari uh, Bailey, Dylan Andrews, and Adem Bona, um, who, you know, I, I think I think Drew Timmy with a freshman big man, I think he's gonna spin that dude around, get him in foul trouble, frustrate the hell out of him. Um, and I think that our experience plays plays big in, in that regard. And then you counter that with the fact that, you know, a point guard matchup of of Tiger Campbell and Nolan Hickman, like Nolan's gotta be. whole lot more effective than he was against tcu i don't think did he have what two points like one assist he played good defense but like he's got to give us more than that
2: against tiger campbell
0: yeah i think that's a really good point hopefully it's a good experience because mike miles is a lot better than tiger campbell my in my opinion um so maybe that that bodes well for him fingers crossed um Ah
2: very different point guards though they are mike miles big time scorer tiger campbell like that dude is so fast and his his handle is insane and his ability to find is like i feel like his iq and his ability to see the court is maybe better than mike miles jr
1: his change of pace is crazy where he can just full speed stop like then go again and suddenly like the defender is is lost
0: yeah, those are, all, those are all fair points. Those are all fair points. Um, maybe it's more of a redemption perspective. I don't know, because Mike definitely got the better of Nolan when they were matched up. Uh, but definitely a matchup that's going to be huge for this game. And
2: oh, I'll tell you what. Nolan Hickman is getting put through the fucking grinder this postseason, having to guard uh, that cap from GCU, Rashawn Harrison. Yeah, very good player, like 18 points yeah. a game player. Yeah, then he had to guard Mike Miles Jr. Now he's got Tiger Campbell, and it ain't getting any easier for the rest of the tournament. So Nolan Hickman is going to have to age like ten years before our eyes in a week.
0: I think it's also it's going to be a huge for our guards going forward. I mean, we've got obviously you got Campbell, and I think Salas is going to be huge in this game to slow down Mr. Campbell. And then I mean, looking forward, if we make it, if we're Lucky enough to make it that far. I mean, you're getting Anthony Black slash Nick Smith Jr. or uh, Jordan Hawkins and whoever else UConn has. So it's, it's not going to get any easier for these cats. But I think they're up to the task. They're playing well. They're playing well. But um, let's get to the keys of the game. We kind of already have started that, I suppose. But uh, what are your what are your guys' keys for this game and slash Zags win if?
3: I think Zane hit it on the nail pretty, pretty well that we have to come out and match with their energy. I think that combined with a solid post play with Timmy Watson. I mean, it's just a Zag team that just keeps getting better and finding the team that gets hot at the right time. And we saw it with North Carolina and look where they're at this year. Like it's always the hot team. So I think the Zags win if Timmy Watson show up and we match that energy, baby.
1: I love that. I'll kind of bounce off that. I think energy needs to be there. And then I think this is, this needs to be Strother's like coming out game. This is in Vegas in his hometown. It's going to be, you know, prime time TV best in the West. You're going to be going against hot This is your chance to show you can be a first round pick. Like I think if Strother has a 25 plus point game, I think he's taken in like the maybe 25 to 18 range in this draft just with the scoring ability. And um, I think Dan, you're absolutely right. I think Timmy will get his, he always does, but UCLA is so good on both sides that we need scoring for more than just Timmy. And I think if Strother has one of his confidence Strother games, we're a very, very hard team to beat.
0: I like that a lot. I think I think that's one area where we can have a clear mismatch is Strother versus, obviously, if it's Hawkeyes, it's a little different. But I think it would probably be Singleton or maybe Amari Bailey, the freshman. So I, I feel like that's advantage Zags there. So that's definitely a mismatch where it would be very important to uh, to exploit. But I think for me, I think the Zags just have to keep keep the train rolling. I think they just have to continue to play the controlled basketball that they're playing. Definitely don't get into the turnover battle because UCLA obviously plays great defense. We want to just keep taking care of the basketball. And then as always, Jake, you're going to love this one. Hit your damn free throws. I think that's huge. I think this game is going to come down to five or less points. Um, and that's going to be the difference. Free throws, free throws, free throws.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, I think one of the keys – to winning this game, is to throw that first punch early. I'm just kidding. That's a little homage to Cooper right there, just because (laughs) I know that's one of three things he would say if if he were on this show right now. Um, In all seriousness, I think one of the – I think this game is going to be won and lost in the paint for Gonzaga. Um, The Zags are the best offensive team inside the paint in the country. UCLA is the best defensive team. Inside the paint, which is shocking because they like like we've mentioned already, they have so many freshmen bigs. If we can get, you know, those starting freshmen in trouble down low, it's gonna be a long night for UCLA and they're gonna have to fucking grind their way to a victory. They do not have their tallest guy is listed at 610. Um, after that, it drops off quickly. And and these and a lot of those guys just don't even don't even play after that i mean um and then and then it's hawkins at 6-6 so that if we can establish a post presence in this game with watson and and i mean timmy will establish himself I, that is going to be a serious issue for ucla but but ucla is going to be up to the up to the task i mean they've done it all year so you would think that they're going to be able to do it again i think matchup of the game though has to be hawkes versus strother I mean, that's just an electric 1v1 tandem right there that I expect to see a lot um, down the stretch. Both guys, you know, vying for any sort of professional career at this point. I think Strother has a lot more of a ceiling there, but I think Hawke's probably could get picked up by someone next year. It's just he's got to keep on proving it. Kind of shocked he stayed in college this long, but um, yeah, those are sort of two things right there, I guess. Then win the battle down low, Strother beat up Hawke's.
4: I kind of think um Watson's gonna get Hawkes at times too. I mean yeah. from an athletic matchup, like that's a that's a good matchup, I think, for Anton. I think Anton's so 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 versatile he can guard anybody. Um I think for me, you know, we talked about the we talked about the turnovers obviously being an, an issue. I don't think that we can blatantly miss wide open shots the way that we did against TCU yesterday and still win that game. I think UCLA, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tougher to get good looks. So we've got to capitalize on those open ones when we get them. Um, We can't be two for 14 from three in the first half. Is that what we were? Yep. Yeah. That's not good. That's not going to work. Um, And then the other thing too, is I think the pace, I think um, UCLA uh, is, is, is down to run a little bit more than I think that they were when we played them um, in uh, Indy, at least. I think that was one of the keys for Mick Cronin was just get back, do not get into track meet with these guys. I would think that's still probably going to be their plan a little bit, but they are way more capable of getting out and running. So I think for us, like if we can, if we can speed them up and and make them think that it would be fun to play this, uh, you know, track meet game, I love our chances in it. Um, and then, you know, it's just going to be like we're going to be the more battle tested team in this game. We played so many close games. Um, I don't know why we're texting the scores already. It looks like some, somebody messed that up. Um, and I just think that our experience is going to prevail. Again, Timmy ain't losing. He's not letting UCLA and his career. He's going to end another, you know, Bruin career with uh, Hawkes and Tiger Campbell.
1: God, I would love – because, honestly, the winner of this game is the best team on the West Coast, like, over the last – I mean, right now we probably have the argument just because of our sustained success, but, like, I mean well, – There's it
4: no just, doubt. Yeah. say yeah. it was an 11 seed. Like, they got hot in the tournament. You know, we've been – we've been, we've been the best team, you know, for the last, I think, eight years at least. Based on the Sweet Sixteen run,
3: yeah,
0: yep, I would agree. I would agree. Haters wouldn't, but I would agree, Dan. Um, let's jump into it, though, guys. Uh, great keys. I think the Zags have a have a clear roadmap to win. Uh, <clears throat> final score predictions. Are we doing the the texting thing?
1: Yes. Do the the text, and then
0: don't forget your leading score. Okay. Let me put my. Let me get my text together. Zambi already sent his in. But, uh, yep, yeah, really great radio here for all of our listeners. We're all, we are texting our final score predictions and leading score
3: predictions. <coughs> um, let's see here. Yeah, that's my bad. I tried to exit out of my message, and it sent. So All, all right. right.
0: Is everyone ready?
1: Yeah. Don't forget to send your, your
0: leading score, Zambi. Yep, yeah, on it. All, all right. right. You ready? Three, two, one, go. God
1: damn wow. it. Dan. God damn
0: it, Dan. We have, we're one point off.
2: <laughs>
0: All righty. So, so, for our listeners, we've got Zambi 77, 74 Zags, leading scorer Drew Timmy with 23. We've got Danielson with 81, 75 Zags, Drew Timmy, 25. Jacob Gilman, 82-75. Strother, 26. Uh, Zane, 79-75. Zane, are you going to clarify on who's winning the game? Uh, I don't think I need to. It's going to be Dizag's baby. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, Timmy with 28 points. And myself, 74-69. to 69. Nice. Through Timmy, 29 points. So, all <laughs> relatively <laughs> in the...
2: Uh-oh. a little bit of breaking news here boys has nothing to do with basketball but the u.s will be facing japan in the world baseball classic after a oh, walk-off sure. walk-off double against mexico oh
3: fuck literally that's what i was trying to look up was the score when i said that
2: <laughs> yeah six Thank to five you. baby <laughs> japan just won it absolutely wow. electric stuff the World Baseball Classic really fucking up by doing this during March Madness, but... If this
1: was, like, a month later in the dead zone of sports, like, oh, man, I'd be glued.
2: Well, that that dead zone is just regular season baseball, Jake.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I don't give a shit about it, but at least give me a a country's flag to wrap myself in. I'm sold.
2: Dude, these games have been so good. I've only seen the highlights for the most part, and it seems so fucking electric.
0: Oh, yeah. So, the the USA uh, Trey Turner's Grand Slam That was electric. That was electric.
2: That actually hurt me a little bit to watch, if I'm going to
0: be perfectly honest.
2: (laughs) Could have used that, fucker.
0: All right, let's continue with the Zags. Kudos to Japan. Is that game tomorrow?
2: Yeah.
3: I think so, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's hype. They're saying Shohei might come out of the pen to close it out if they're up. Oh yeah, that's, I've heard that as well.
0: It's gonna be you, God. That that just gives me mixed feelings, man. It gives me mixed feelings. Uh, but that's okay. USA throwing who, Merrill Kelly. Wow. <laughs> 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 what the hell? I love how every good United States position player stepped up, and not a single player, not a single pitcher, stepped up. That's not that insurance, incredible. baby. That's incredible. Apparently, Garrett Cole called and said he wanted to pitch, but the roster <clears throat> said the roster was set. Oh, people don't like well, Kirby, I guess.
3: Uh, no, so I was watching a little bit of the Mexico Japan game today, and um, <clears throat> is there a left fielder? It's like uh, Ara Neza, Rosarena, Rosarena. So he yeah. was born Cuban, but then applied for Mexican citizenship. And then he DM'd the president of Mexico saying he wants to be on the Mexico team. And then, boom, he had a sick uh, snag of a home run and just kind of like wouldn't let anyone know if he actually caught it. Just kind of stood there, threw up an X, and then threw it in. It was, it was sick. The crowd was going crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I saw that live, too. That was pretty crazy. Rosarena, 100% Mexican, no doubt about it. He loves the culture. It's incredible. I had a lot of free time today, as you guys know, so I watched his, like, pregame interview. I think he called that he wanted to rob a home run in the World Baseball Classic. Oh, hell yeah. He's like, I want to do that. And lo and behold, he did it. But, um, all right, we've got our score predictions, boys. Last thing we can cover here before uh, Mr. Will <laughs> He
1: said he's he, – I hit him with the U-up text, and he says he's one block away all
0: right this is the longest he's probably on a bike isn't he because he's in denver
2: (laughs) oh he screams bike bike home from yoga class kind of guy oh
0: oh, he's in his little yoga fit he's got his yoga mat tied to his back yeah he's got his
2: butt with like two
1: chopsticks (laughs) holding it in the back yeah
0: it's the worst real quick boys uh we can touch on this real quick if the zags win who would you want to see in the elite eight arkansas or yukon
1: this is tricky. Like, I don't know because I'm leaning towards Arkansas, but that win over Kansas they had without Anthony Black or Nick Smith Jr. Um, Pretty impressive. Uh, I'm going to stick with my gut and say Arkansas just because I, who's the Yukon center who's just uh, an issue? Like, uh, a Dama
4: Sinogo. Go. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Sinogo. Um yeah, I would say that that's a tough matchup for I mean even Timmy. So I think I'm going to go Arkansas just because of the center play.
2: Yeah, I think I think um pretty much exactly with Jake on this. Um on paper uconn is just a better team. Right? It seems like it seems like they are a better squad. Um, They've had a better season. They have the third best offense in the country and the 14th best defense in the country, according to Kempom. Uh, Arkansas has a not very good offense, but a very high energy defense. And I think Arkansas is probably a little bit more athletic. Um, I think Arkansas brings with it, you know, the baggage of having an electric coach. They seem to catch fire in the tournament every year um i I think either way you slice it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be a grinder i think we match up better with arkansas though um and arkansas loses a lot of games they lost 13 games this year so like they might be hot now but they are who they are and that's a team that lost 13 games throughout the course of the regular season um I would also love to get revenge on Arkansas. I, I, you know, I already talked about how UCLA has maybe a little bit of an edge on us in that matchup because of what happened a couple tournaments ago. I think the same can be said for us against Arkansas. If we face them again, um, they, they knocked us out. We know what it feels like to lose them. And they, they kind of did it in a little bit of an ass kicking fashion. If if you, you know, remember towards the end of that game, um, I think guys like Timmy Strother, Bolton, I mean, the, the vast bulk of this squad is going to remember that game. And, and you know, that, that's something to get up for. UConn is, is, is it's a weird one because, like, I, that big guy, I, I really don't, what's, what was his name again? We just said it. Uh, he is scary to me, but he also really reminds me of Oscar Shibway And we did pretty good against Oscar Shibway so I I I don't know. It's a it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, but I kind of lean. I'd rather play Arkansas.
4: So Nogo is way better offensively than Oscar Sheboy. <laughs> Sheboy's offensive game is brutal.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of dunks,
2: but they're cool. Most efficient shot in basketball, baby. Yeah, you make a good point. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, I think, from my perspective, I think. Arkansas there's a clear edge with Arkansas just because they're inexperienced I mean they've it's basically an entirely new team from last year uh and we would have that edge so I think I'm going to go with Arkansas but I don't know if I just I think UConn's playing really well I don't know if I buy the hype necessarily I was watching some of their games and I don't know I feel like the Zags could match up pretty well I think it'd be a very close game um but I'm not entirely bought into the hype. Maybe I will be after this weekend. You never know. But
4: um, I think we'd fare well with either of these guys, to be honest with you. I think I want UConn. I think UConn is a team that people think is good enough to win a national championship. And for us to have the season that we've had and be on that stage against, (laughs) you know, an East Coast kind of traditional team that's physical, that's going to, you know, people are going to say they're – they're a better team than us and for us to be on that stage beat UConn go to the final four I absolutely love that not to mention um the fact that that's in Vegas with our fans like I'm sure UConn will travel it's it's a good program but being in the west playing UConn on that stage would absolutely love it also think Danny Hurley prior to the win against um whoever the hell they played, Iona. That was a, that was his first win as as Yukon head coach of the tournament. Um, Iona's a good team, right? Like we know what Rick is capable of, but UConn hasn't played in any kind of stress yet in this tournament. So I think that we may have an edge there. Danny Hurley's also just such a freaking maniac. he probably stresses his own team out when the when the games get close. Um and I like I like experience over that. Um and uh, you know, at the end of the day, too, UConn has a guard that plays a lot for them that was just kind of a ho-hum player at freaking San Diego, Grant Calcaterra. There's no way that that guy should be on a team that beats Gonzaga to go to a Final Four. So give me UConn, give me East, East versus West, and let's go to the Final Four.
3: Yeah, um, those are good points, Stan. I think I'm still going to go with Arkansas. Um, who knows what the health level is for um, Anthony Black and whoever the other guy is, but um, – yeah, don't want to deal with the crazy Hurley. And because I've seen what they can do at ASU. And also, is Sasaka?
1: It's a no go. We'll, we'll
2: get it by the end of this segment, I think.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just I don't like our chances going up against him because that is a brick of a human. Like, <laughs> I don't, a- Anton's big, but he's not that big. So I just feel like it could cause a lot of issues. And, I mean, like Dan said, we travel well. Uh, both, both of these teams are pretty much East Coast to a degree. So, yeah, I think i just like to stay away from uh, – I already forgot his name. But, yeah, Arkansas.
2: Hot, hot take. I think UConn has the highest margin of wins this tournament, right?
1: But, like, has, has won by the most?
2: Yeah. I mean, they've also – They have to- not had a – they have not had a close game this tournament. They like there's a real argument that they could be the most impressive team in the tournament so far. I mean right? Alabama, maybe. Alabama, yeah. Okay. They Alabama. okay. But
1: I yeah. think also Yukon drew very nice matchups for their style, like in yeah. both Gales. I mean, who would have had the Gales beating Yukon? That would have been an idiot.
0: all right well those are our takes for the next round hopefully we see the zags in the final four now we welcome on sir william lynn hey boys oh Will, you're already on yeah i'm here oh have you been here the whole time no i just heard those
5: last few takes
0: okay (laughs) i didn't see him come in (laughs) <laughs> Will, how the hell are you?
5: You know, I, I'm I'm surviving. I, I took my PE exam and wasn't able to do anything for six weeks, which was not ideal for me. But I timed it perfectly so I could take my test and watch zag basketball. So. There we go. All All right, so are you feeling relaxed after your yoga session? Oh, I'm feeling limber and loops. <laughs> Can you settle a debate for us? Did you drive or bike? Oh, I drove. It's not nice enough to bike yet, but I will be biking in the next month or so.
2: Yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, no, will, are, you, are you a hot yoga kind of guy?
5: Oh, come on. You can't be... You gotta keep it hot. <laughs> How are you going to get that sweat on? I'm all about that sweat.
1: Uh, well, you don't like it, that, Jake? I, I don't like that. I've I, I lived <laughs> with you a year. You're sweaty enough. Yeah. Uh, But speaking about sweat, you were in a packed house, uh, last night for that Zag TCU game. Uh, just first, just give us your, your take on it. What was the environment like? Uh, what was the
5: crowd? How, how was the vibes in the arena? You know, for my first March madness game, it's, it's different, right? You're not used to sitting around enemy. And also the fact that there was the Baylor, uh, Creighton game right in front of it so it's kind of you know it's a weird energy you have some zags scattered you also see some TCU people other people that are just there to watch the game uh we had a few Duke fans around us which was very confusing um not that we uh said anything mean about Duke or anything uh I would say the uh the atmosphere was lively uh I think the the Creighton uh Baylor game I think Got the energy of the building Nice and loud Uh, There was a lot of Creighton fans there So, you know, glad to see another Jesuit team uh, win Uh, And then uh, We were uh, Not in the, like, zag section But behind the hoop Which was a a fun, different experience Got down low uh, And we got rowdy after it You know, I was sitting there with Lunny and Sean Palermo, so you know they uh, Know how to Keep the, the rest active, let's put it that way.
2: Now, which which fan base would you say was louder for this game? Was it Gonzaga's fans or TCU's? So, I would say the TCU fans had,
5: definitely had their, their chance in the, the first half. I was hearing their defensive chant most of the game. But when they got into that second half and we started rolling – you were hearing the Zags, for sure. And uh, they were right behind the bench. Most That was most of the Zags group was right behind the uh, Zag bench. And they were getting rowdy, for sure. And you know, Timmy was encouraging it heavy. So I think we were louder at times. I mean, I couldn't really hear how loud we were because I was also screaming. So hard to say, but I think I think second half, we really just – we, we came out of the woodworks, and that's when the team started to really kick it into another gear. What was your favorite
1: play in the game? What was the play that, like, just got you off your seat, jumping in the air, you know,
5: with that uh, ultimate Frisbee vertical you have? <laughs> um, I would have to say there was two plays. Um, The first was in the – at the end – of the second half I think we or sorry first half we were you know we were down we weren't playing great and then I can't remember the exact play but I think it was um a dunk by I think Watson and it just was it was it was hype because it was like we we finally cut that lead down we were kind of trailing all the first half and then finally seeing them play the way that they were supposed to cut it down to I think at that point three um so that was, that was pretty hype. I think that was a good – what we needed going into the second half. And then I think the hypest was when Timmy hit that three because it was like – it was needed, and I saw them kick it out, and I'm like, there's five seconds on the clock. What's his plan? And then for, to see a Timmy step back three, you know, to, that just rattles in. You're like, okay, it's game time now. So – that was, I think, that was the defining moment of the game. Was that was when I felt pretty comfortable that we had we had in the bag. Who is this?
2: Oh, whoa, 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 whoa,
5: whoa! Breathe, boys, breathe. Everyone wants to talk to Will. Hey, you go, Dan.
4: Okay, I'll go first. Uh, Will, mm-hmm. nice to see you here. Thanks for uh, jumping on. First and foremost, uh, uh, you're
5: welcome, Dan. Love to hear uh, from you.
4: Let's see here. Uh, Post game. Did you guys in the arena get the Drew Timmy interview with Andy Katz <clears> where <throat> he set the internet ablaze, including my parents, who were just appalled that Drew Timmy dropped an dropped an F bomb on uh national
5: television? Um I we did we did not uh stick around. Um, I don't even know if they did that interview, but I don't think they were like broadcasting it through for, uh through the arena, from what I could tell. But I will say this to your parents, that they should have read the article about Drew Timmy, where they talk about how Drew Timmy has continuously dropped F-bombs in various interviews. And so it's really not that out of character that he dropped it on national television.
4: That's very true.
5: I mean, didn't LeBron James do that recently? He did. True. So. Timmy is
1: about the same level as LeBron. I think LeBron did it when he broke the NBA scoring record, but this
5: is pretty comparable. I mean, Timmy broke the scoring record for Gonzaga, so right, I mean true. I think that's basically the same thing. Man,
1: yeah. Will's gonna have it's your new A follow is better than Kobe debate. Timmy is, <laughs> I, is the better
5: player than LeBron. I mean, you, you heard it here first.
3: Hey. Love it. Well, will, will, I will have to say Baja does recognize your voice. He says hello. Oh, uh,
5: hello, Baja.
3: <laughs> you missed him and he was trying to help me for about 10 minutes during the show. But <laughs> uh, got two little fun questions for you here. First one being, what was the
5: halftime show? What was the halftime show?
2: <laughs> the bathroom <laughs> one. <laughs> okay
5: (laughs) i'm not gonna lie to you i don't think i was paying attention for 20 minutes at the halftime show i will also tell you guys that erica harper was sitting next to me so i was not really focused on the halftime show
2: (laughs) (laughs) no judgment
3: Uh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i
1: hope she's a listener she's a huge fan of the pod huge fan
5: I hope her X is a huge listener too.
4: <laughs> oh, this is spicy. Damn. Uh, Will, can I ask you another question to get back on on, on topic here? Um, yeah, yeah. After oh, after seeing the Zag pull out pull out that W, how are you feeling about them going to Vegas and taking on those mighty UCLA Bruins?
5: You know, I think we have a good matchup against them. I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh you know the the only worry is that they got a lot of guys on that team that remember the Final Four game, and they remember the game last year where we went in there and destroyed them. So I think they're gonna come in ready to play. But I think if we keep playing the way we've been playing defensively, I think we can we can easily beat them. Um, and we play and we play our game. I thought that even in this game, you know, I don't know. In the first two games, I've noticed that we, our shots haven't been falling, but we stick to our defensive pressure. Sometimes it gets a little lazy, but for the most part, they're sticking to their defense, and eventually shots start falling, um, and Timmy's just got to be him. Uh, and I, I think Anton's got to keep playing the way he's been playing too. I think he's had a phenomenal postseason. So that's what I think we'll we'll need for for the – Bruins is just to play the defense we know we can play. Um, and then just let Watson and and uh Timmy really do what they need to do because I'm pretty sure the Bruins still have two big men out. Is that correct?
4: They're really only missing their their one guard, uh, Jalen Clark, their uh, other guy that was hurt. He's back.
2: Oh, but he's back. Okay, they
4: still don't, still don't have a ton of depth inside. Okay. despite yeah,
2: so. a tragic injury at the end of that game absolute travesty the you know you would have thought the poor kid career ended on the floor that night turns out he's fine <laughs>
5: it was acting like it sounds like a ucla ruin to me um and then yeah i think i was hearing you guys talk about you know going into the the next round going to the elite eight game uh the only reason I would I would like to play Arkansas is just because that's the team that took us out last year, and that there's just nothing more redeeming than taking down the team that took us out last year. But,
4: it and UConn scares me a little bit. It would be pretty electric if we got that revenge over Arkansas, and then Mark Few took his shirt off in celebration to mock Eric Musselman's bitch ass, who is way oh. more about him than his actual program. I cannot stand Musselman. Sorry, that got me fired up
1: oh our fee wouldn't do that he would just praise the lord and, and go into the tunnel <clears with> that <throat> and then and
4: have a beverage or two and, Will, and i then, got a
2: question for you uh, speaking sure. about beverages anyone who yeah. knows you knows that you are a master mixologist uh we saw the videos with you and your father during during covid what was will lynn sipping on before the game on sunday
5: Oh, dude, we we kind of got after it. I'm not gonna lie. The uh, the drinking started early. We started with some Pacificos, you know. We didn't want to get too out out of it. Um, but eventually, we got to um, basically some palomas, you know. Ooh. Nothing like a nice tequila drink to keep the energy live. Uh, that's what I. That's what I really need. I need something to keep me up, going.
1: Were you at a Mexican cheer. restaurant
5: before? What? we had a uh, mexican restaurant or no we were just walking the streets there's a uh, Lambert uh, square in denver you can drink on the street so a little cocktail bar had to make us up a drink drank it there in the streets and then we uh and then to my just grin i took a fireball shot before we went in the mm-hmm. game <laughs> i was not happy about that one um but, yeah, then we just got after it, boys. Uh, I'm not going to lie. We, we were just down in Core's Lights like they were water.
3: Well, they are water.
5: Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> so, if you had to rank the consumption levels between you, Palermo, Lenny, and we can include Erica, how would you rank them?
5: Oh, I'm going to have to put Lonnie right at the top because that <laughs> yes. man knows how to drink. <laughs> not a lot of question there. Um, probably closely followed by Sean and then, and then me and then Erica. Uh, but, you know, it's not like I, I was only probably half a beer behind, behind the boys, but they do know how to get after it when they're <laughs> rooting for those eggs.
1: You were doing a nice drafting strategy. I like that. It's always good to be
5: about half or one behind. Exactly. Exactly. That way somebody had to make sure we got home.
1: True. (laughs) Uh, Speaking about being behind, I'm looking at your bracket that you submitted for the A Few Too Many uh, bracket group. And thank you for that, by the way. Of course. Um, It looks like you have only two Final Four teams remaining with Gonzaga and Houston. And uh, your Arizona Marquette picks are both dead in the water. I think we can forgive you for the Marquette pick, as that is your your grad school alma mater, correct?
3: Will? You're muted.
2: I think we lost him.
1: He's a rookie. (laughs) Man, he's super sensitive. There we go. Is that better?
5: Can you hear me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. I, I went with my gut this year, boys, and that was mostly just a gut of, of faith. I was like, I would love to see Arizona or Marquette play Gonzaga in the, in the finals. Did not think that they were going to get beat in the second round, but I was very optimistic to think that Marquette was going to go all the way. I'm not going to lie.
1: It's okay. The, I, I think everyone's East bracket is just completely destroyed.
5: Yeah, I yeah. you know, I was I was looking at those brackets at the beginning and the West was the only one where you're like it really was you would have thought one, two, three, four were gonna come out of it. I mean, obviously the Arkansas was the surprise. But every other bracket I looked at, I was like, there's gonna be upsets all throughout this and I don't know where when it's gonna happen and who's gonna pick it, but I mean, I was I knew Purdue was losing in the first or second round, regardless of what any uh sports center was saying about Purdue going far because that team was not that good. So
2: yeah. Uh, well, Will, you can't feel too bad because if you look at our podcast rankings right now, I think you are squarely in the middle, tucked in snugly, right between Coop and Jake, right where you like to be. Um <laughs> But but our dear friend Zambi here has, has been riding the struggle bus a little bit. Chris, what do you have to say for yourself so far in the bracket standings? And are you concerned about the egg firing squad punishment?
3: Well, I've said it all year. I think NBA, or the NCAA is pretty volatile this year. And so that's kind of what I based my picks off of. And those picks, similar to most of my sports betting, were the complete opposite. So I'm okay. I'm a little ashamed. This is my worst bracket I've ever submitted by far. In terms of the punishment, i um, not too worried because Dan is in front of me. So he saw us do his.
2: Ooh. Ooh. That is true. Thanks.
3: <laughs> <laughs> also, Dan's not only
1: in front. Dan also has the least amount of points uh, possible remaining.
5: I, That's I have to dangerous. Do That's ones? dangerous
4: challenge while getting
3: eggs thrown at me that would be awesome yes (laughs) Uh, extra protein i think you
2: might i
1: think it would be like sensory overload
2: (laughs) are you nervous about the potential from you to go for you to go to first to worst here i mean that would be that would be purdue level upset right there
4: um a little bit yeah i i will say that that this is rather unpredictable um i am i am rooting for the texas longhorns and gonzaga to make a final four
2: that's what i need i, if, if I do think down, there are trouble. i think there are three hot seats right now and it's it's dan zambi and page i think i think everyone else kind of just is you know close enough to where it's not going to overtake each other or we just all have similar picks moving forward um but will who do you want to see at the egg firing squad punishment?
5: You know, that's tough. That's tough to say. Cause I feel like Zambi would take it like a champ to be honest. He would just sit there and just take them. Like it was, um, another day on jackass. Like he was signed <laughs> up to be on jackass. And he's like, yep. Fire him away, boys. Uh, so just see someone to be in a little bit of pain. I'm sorry, Dan. I just I think it'd be way more entertaining to see you take <laughs> on the firing squad. I feel like
2: Dan you would be fair.
5: That's
2: <laughs> fair. I could. Oh god, agree you gotta that. you gotta watch out because Zamblin probably has, or Zamblin and, and Page have the two best arms on the show. They could put a hole in your stomach with an egg, maybe. <laughs> Cooper and Jake add, uh, might not be able to touch you, so you might I, be okay I there.
1: If I try to put any heat on that egg, it is missing by at least five <laughs> bodies. Like, I, I mean, you <laughs> de- definitely got to slip me into the rotation somewhere, you
4: know. Do you really get to, like, throw it as hard as you can? Or, like, is
3: there... We'll give you goggles.
2: About, think about it, Dan. The harder you throw it, the more chance of missing right? The better chance it misses. I don't think any of us have any you know, significant experience launching an egg from 15 feet away. Right. So also Dan, you want
5: it to break. If it doesn't break on impact, it's going to hurt a lot more than if it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, you want to, you it to that break the
2: egg with your chest. You it's want to like meet the ball. egg at the rim.
5: You can't have the paintballs that don't pop. Those hurt more.
3: Ooh, exactly. what if we, we can freeze the eggs.
4: Oh my God. just <laughs> Throw some hard-boiled eggs at Dan. <laughs> <end. laughs> I'm not getting last.
1: <laughs> oh, famous last it. words, Dan. Famous last words.
4: No, famous last words are, hey, hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, should we jump into our final four picks, fellas? We're coming up on the two-hour mark here.
4: I
1: think so. And I think we can get Will's final four picks, too. Um, yep. So, well, so with the Sweet 16 set, uh, if you had to
5: re-pick your final four picks, uh, who would it be? Hold on. Let me uh, look at it really quick. It's been a minute. Okay. We'll,
1: we'll have you last. Um, let's see. Who's ready? Dan. I'm ready. I've missed your first
4: place. Okay. I'm go wrong here, right? Uh, in the south region, give me the Creighton Blue Jays. I think they are going to waltz over Princeton Alabama-San Diego State going to be kind of a tough game. Creighton is going to get Bama and go to the Final Four. Uh, in the East region, fuck it. Tom Izzo, Michigan State, Final Four. In the Midwest, Houston, and York, Gonzaga Bulldogs. Beautiful, beautiful.
1: And we'll only focused on Final Four just because we'll save our final predictions for um, when we're closer. It's not like they're going to be accurate anyway. Uh, besides the Zach leg. So, let's move down. Uh, Will, are you ready, or do you want me to go yeah. to Zach?
5: Okay. No, I got it. Um, <laughs> out of the East region, I got Kansas State coming out. I think that that's a hot team. They they played Kansas well both times this year, and I know they're not playing Kansas, but I think that they're a hot team that will know how to play um some lower-level teams until they – They'll end up playing, yeah, nevertheless, Kansas State. Uh, Obviously, out of the West, I got our Zags coming in hot. Then in the South, I think we got to stick with Alabama. I just think they're one of the hotter teams. I do think that they're going to end up playing Creighton, but I think Creighton has struggled all year um, to play consistent basketball, and that's why I think they'll end up losing that game. And out of the Midwest, honestly, I'm going to go with a kind of an upset, even though I, I think that Texas and Houston and Xavier all have it. I think Miami might be able to pull an upset against Houston and ride that hot wave uh, to the Final Four.
1: God, I would love to get a face Miami in the Final Four if we manage to survive the gauntlet that is the West.
5: Yeah, that might not sound (laughs) (laughs) easy. I'll take that over a Houston or a Texas.
1: Okay, who wants to go next?
2: I can I can jump in. Uh, I'll start with the South. I got man, I really like Dan's Creighton pick. I I think a Creighton Bama game is going to be really fun because just two totally different styles of basketball it seems like and so I, i'm curious to see which one prevails in that one i got bama though i would not be shocked at all if creighton uh comes out of that south region alabama is going to play this is fucking tough right the east because i could see i could see tennessee kansas state or michigan state all coming out um Izo's riding that wave though so i'm going with sparty here I got Sparty and and Alabama meeting in Houston from the Midwest. Well, I'll go West first. The Zags are getting out of there. Um, Midwest. You know, there is a weird part of me that wants to take Xavier. There's just a little weird, weird part. do it. Um, I like them. I like them. But I think Houston – it uh, has looked very impressive. Um, they actually rolled Auburn. I think they're going to roll Miami. Um, and, and we'll be meeting Houston in, in Houston. And that's a little bit of a scary thought.
1: That is a scary matchup. I would love to play Xavier again. <laughs> like, give me the Timmy Dungy matchup again. That would be great. Um. Okay. Let's see. I think that's down to Paige, Zambi, or myself. Who wants to go? Who wants the mic?
0: Quick, quick question. Is, are there any stakes on for our new final, final four pitch? No. We have too many bets going already. All right. Because I'm going to go the fun route. Oh. I'm f- going to go coming out of the south, your very own San Diego Aztecs, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Give me the text. Why not? Why not? I don't know. It's different. It's fun. I don't know. Maybe they can squeak it out. Probably not, but I love the pick anyways. Uh, from there, I'm going to keep it chalk with my bracket. Kansas State making it out of the East. I love the, what they've got going on down there. I think you guys are giving Izzo too much credit, in my opinion. We saw that team. We matched up against them. I think Kansas State is the superior team there, and I think they'll make it out. From the Midwest, keeping it with my Longhorns. And then, obviously, from the West, our Bulldogs, baby, goes Zags.
1: Man, Paige, I, I know San Diego State's going to lose now because they made it the Sweet 16. <laughs> you're fully doubting them. Fully checked out on them. Man. I believe you said that last week. Now that you're back on the bandwagon, it's going
0: off a cliff. Oh, yeah. They're losing by 20 to Bama. <laughs> no questions asked. <laughs> but as I will be hard for. it. As soon as I start riding with the text, they fail me miserably every time, every time. But that's all right. all right. I had to give them their flowers while I could. Uh, Zambi, do you want to go next or do you want to be the caboose?
3: <clears throat> uh, sure, I'll go next. Um, coming out of the east bracket, um, I'm, I want to – I think I'm going to go Kansas State um, solely for the fact they have Keontae Johnson. Um. I don't know if you guys saw, but he also turned down a $5 million injury clause if he never played basketball again. And for those listeners who don't know, he's the guy from Florida, collapsed on the court, had the heart issue. So that's why I'm taking the Wildcats there. For the West, obviously Gonzaga. And then South Region. You know... uh, I think brandon miller he's a pretty sharp shooter um i'm gonna go bama and for the midwest <clears throat> um hmm. i'm gonna go with xavier no real oh. reason behind it but go catholics
1: And you did Bama for the South, right? Sorry, my
3: computer froze. Oh yeah, I thought everyone was being quiet about the Grant Miller joke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, uh, boy, that's a that's a that's a bold one with Xavier and in Kansas State. I guess Kansas State's not too bold, but I don't know. A lot Xavier's making people fall in love. I guess. Um, okay, I'll wrap it up. Um, I still have three Final Four teams in, so I'll stick with all those. Gonzaga in the West, Texas in the Midwest. Uh, I think I hate it, but I know Alabama's going to beat um, the Praden. I, I feel like they're just playing with so much confidence, which is really frustrating with all the bullshit their program's up to. Um, and then I'm just going to go fun and crazy because I haven't predicted the East correct at all. So I'm going the Owls. Let's get the Owls to the final four. Baby. Yes, go Owls! Yes.
5: <laughs> the
1: amount of people in the country who would be rooting for the Owls against Alabama in the final four, it would be, it would basically be everybody, including like half of Alabama, which is just Auburn fans, like <laughs> against Alabama. And I hope that happens.
5: Jake, I'm Did... glad you picked them because I was literally going to ask the pod the question of what do we think about the Owls? Because you know, they're one of the hottest teams, but they're just a nine seed and they're just sitting there. And I'm wondering, like, they beat Tennessee. It's, it, they could, they could go. stop. I mean,
1: they're the 22nd ranked team in Kenpom. They are not a bad, bad team at all. Like, they have a couple of, of decent wins. I mean, I guess Florida is that
2: couple, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the team that beat Duke by. 13 points compared to the team that beat Marley Dickinson by eight points.
1: <laughs> hey, FDU is scrappy and we all know that.
2: Hey, they beat Purdue. <laughs> they beat Purdue, Zane. They are the short kings and as a fellow short king, I do have to ride <laughs> with FDU or FAU. FAU.
4: Zane, speaking of that, I'm surprised you're not rocking with, with uh, Kansas State and their uh, little point guard who John Kyle Parry literally called the little guy in their post game. Yeah.
2: There are some short Kings in this tournament and I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving
4: it. Big trees fall harder. That point guard for K-State is very fun to watch.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think that just about wraps up our show boys. Good shit as always. And you know, we're going to stay positive, but (laughs) next week's tone, next week's tone could be very different. It could be the highest of highs or the lowest of lows, regardless we're always coming to you all, the hottest of takes, covering the Zags. Fellas, I'll
3: see you on the other side. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Before we close out here, who all has a mustache for Drew Timmy I'm on the pod right now? Sand, Paige, Zane? Is that a mustache or is that a goatee?
1: Oh, God, Will showed his face. Gross.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I knew he was hiding
5: his face this whole time for a reason. Oh, let's, let's, Oh, I'll get you the hair too. Oh my oh gosh. Geez. So it's all out. Oh yeah. I think a homeless man stole <laughs> Will's phone. <laughs>
3: let's go.
1: Will, will you shave oh. just the beard and have the the Drew Manshu? Do
5: the the up into the mustache. Oh. You know, I will promise you this: if we make it to the to the uh, final four. I will do yes. yeah, that. Yes. That is on the pod right now. <laughs> we make it to the final four. There will be a picture of me without this, this center part going to the Drew Man So. I love it. Perfect, man.
1: I'm, see, great end to an episode. Great call. Perfect up. way to close it out. There we
5: go. All right. Uh, I We're appreciate you boys having
3: there. me. Thanks Thank for joining us. You
5: it you good. It was nice. It was